We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have our fan voicemails. All on episode 160 of the Pride Podcast. Yo, what is going on guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 160 on the Blue Fire Network. Today's episode is going to be sponsored by BetOnline and Indeed.com. I am your host, Tyler, joined by my two guys, as always, Malcolm and Pierre. How are you boys doing today on our usual voicemail Monday? Woo! Let's go, man. Right. It's Christmas week, man. I'm doing well. Let's go, man. Let's go. Let's go. We I have love Christmas. Our we have our emergency podcast about the Lions firing Brayden Coombs. I still don't agree with that decision. So if you guys are interested in that, go check that out, episode 159. And then we did a Lions-Titans uh, postgame video, so go check that one out as well. But now let's hear your guys' thoughts and reaction after that Lions-Titans game. Let's hear what you guys have to say about the Lions playing Matthew Stafford. Let's hear it all. Let's get right into it. Malcolm, mail time. Mail time. Something coming in the mail today. <laughs> Because someone came in the mail today. These nuts. <laughs> Got it. <he. laughs> Got it. <he. laughs> All right. I mean, they, they called him with the questions. And you know, you know how it is, man. We have the answers. So let's just jump into the very first voicemail. Uh, Voicemail. Um, I just wanted to call and rant a little bit. But not about the team. It's just uh, one specific player. I believe he's the biggest 50 of the decade, and that be Jelani Tavai. Um, that man is literally useless in this defense. He's never doing anything, and um, he's, he's, he's trash. Okay? He's just complete trash. And it annoys me when I see him on, on the field, just being there. It just frustrates me. I don't know why the coordinator or anybody else puts him in the starting lineup, but that man is just like, this is just so bad. He doesn't do anything. Nothing. Oh, God. That pisses me off. So, yeah. I think that's the only thing I'm talking about today. So, yeah, he's just trash. Yep. Damn, you went in on your boy, Malcolm. Actually, that's your favorite player, too, uh, Pierre. Nah, you're the, that's only, your you're, boy. The only, you're the only guy that defended him out of anybody hey, that I, I, I did can not, think of. I did not defend him. During, I did not during yeah, you did. Yeah, no, I did not. Did. I gave it a C-, minus, so it's not really the best pick. No, you so. did not give it a C-. minus. It was definitely higher than <laughs> C-. minus. 
I go look here. You literally it was, was the only that. person that defended him, like and you justified the pick. He was like the, the Eagles wanted him. The Patriots were like <laughs> me and Tyler no, were like, just... so they should have took him. <laughs> I mean, no, that was just like, like what the was Dante Hightower of this defense or something like that. Or like the branded spikes that, of this defense. That's, that's, that's exactly what, what you said. That's what they envisioned him uh, to be, but he's just he's not good. Ooh man, that was. I, I want to go back. I'm going to listen to this draft episode after this. I'm gonna <laughs> you're you're going to laugh. <laughs> you're not a C minus. You're mm-hmm. going you're to you're die laughing, bro. It was definitely a C plus or higher. Because me and Ty, me and Tyler were so confused. We're like, we drafted who? <laughs> <laughs> Pierre was like, yeah, man, the Eagles wanted them. We're like, so shit, just let the Eagles get them. <laughs> the Patriots wanted them. Shit, so right, that, that's the when, like, I was like always optimistic about everything. Now I'm kind of like more in reality, and you know that was a few oh, years ago man. too. So we we're so confused. Jelani Tavai from Hawaii, <laughs> early, <laughs> early second round pick. I'm staring at all these studs on the board. I'm like, oh my, we have so many studs. <laughs> One of them was actually a guy we ended up getting in the fifth round. That was Amani Awari. I'm like, oh, well, we have a chance at Amani Awari. We have a chance at Chase Winovich. I mean, all these receivers are still here. Like, I'm like damn, we're going to get a stud. At the 43 pick overall, the Detroit Lions select linebacker Jelani Tavai, Hawaii. Uh, huh? Malcolm, you know your boy? How they go, they drafted who? They he drafted who? Yeah, but all jokes aside, um, Tavai just hasn't worked out, and he's probably not going to be here next year. Um, he probably won't even be in the NFL next year. We'll see. Are, are they are they able to cut him next year? Mm-hmm. Rookie contract. They can come second round pick. Yeah. So, yeah. That's I, tough, I mean, man. I don't think there's any disagreements with that call right there. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be as rude as the caller, but we kind of, we, I mean, we kind of got the same thought. I mean, he he said the words for us. I mean, I didn't say it. You said it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's jump into the next voicemail. Uh, voicemail. What's going on, guys? This is Mike from New Jersey. Just wanted to start off. Love you guys. Malcolm, I feel like you're like the same line fan as me. Mostly positive, but hey, we're in difficult times right now. But I just wanted to start off. Uh, one, by the way, for the Tennessee Titans game, um, they never showed that uh, the replay of that spot. Definitely have that first down, but that's besides the point. Just anyway, thinking about our future... Um, I'm more always think about the optimistic side of this team. Always. I still think next year I want to reach for one of these quarterbacks. Uh, you know, Lawrence is the best quarterback available. And I don't really know about these other guys, you know? Uh, other guys showed most of their weaknesses, like Fields had a shit game in the, uh, Big 12 champ, Big 10 championship. Um, Wilson plays for BYU. I know he's had his ups and downs. So, I mean, we have Stafford for two more years, and Stafford's my absolute favorite NFL player ever. So I think we keep him for the rest of his two years. But this is what I want to draw for you guys. So we have three young, talented offensive players in Hawk, Swift, and Galladay. We have a very solid offensive line. And I also am very optimistic about Quintez Cephas and honestly what Sanu has been doing for us right now. So on the offensive side of the ball, if we keep all them, I'm fine with that. We have five picks in the next draft. We have Nick Williams and Danny Shellen that I think you guys said that we have, what is it, a one-year contract on them so we get rid of them. I think that we use four of our five picks on the defense from seven. I hope we hate it. we are in a Parsons range in the first round so we get an actual style linebacker for the first time in our lives. And I would just draft all front seven people with four or five draft picks. Maybe draft a wide receiver with the, the last pick, but I really just think if we – I'm a big fan of Romeo, Romeo Cora. Hey, if we don't want to sign him, I understand that because that he might be a lot of money nowadays. But – I love his brother, which we did not give one shot to, Julian. And I just think if we take care of this front seven, we have Amani, we have Okuda, which Okuda could definitely – I'm very optimistic about Okuda. I think he could get there. So if we have those two, I'm also a big Tracy Walker fan. We just can't take care of this front seven. And we have two more years of Matthew Stafford under contract. Yeah. Next year, we might have to be just winning with our offense because we have a lot of young guys. But 
But I feel like this could be a quicker rebuild than we think. And I'm also a very optimistic Lions fan, so I just wanted you to think if we... Okay, oh. um, just a couple of things to add to what he said. Uh, Kenny Galladay isn't really that young. He's 27 years old, and he's also a free agent. So is Marvin Jones and Danny Amendola and Jamal Agnew. The only receivers under contract next year are Quintus Cephas and Geronimo Alex, Alex, Allison. Allison. Gmo, my bad. So, yeah, so you already there. You have issues at wide receiver. And then defensively, I mean, dude, a fourth or third round pick is not going to, like, make a difference in your one on your defense right away. So, and then regarding the quarterbacks, that that's up to the new GM. I already said I support if they rolled with Stafford, and I support if they um, shipped him. Maybe Stafford doesn't want to go through a rebuild. Um, just... It's up to the new GM with that, and I trust them with that decision because they're building the team in their own vision. But let me ask you a question. If they did go defense like the first three rounds, you don't think like potentially those guys could be three starters? They, they no, could, they, but they who's, could who's playing wide receiver? The thing is, we have Cephas, and I, don't, I know he's not a stud, but you have a Pro Bowl tight end. He could be a number one option. I'm not saying that we got to have an elite our receiver, but I think we could get by with average receivers, not pricey receivers. And you have Hawk and you have you have Swift. So Hawk yep. is your number one passing option? Yeah, why not? I'm not really a fan of that. I mean, look at look at what Philadelphia been doing. When they won the Super Bowl, who's their who was their passing options? Uh Zach Ertz, uh Zach Ertz. Sean Jeffrey. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't much. John Jackson wasn't there when they won the Super Bowl. But I'm saying, like, they they didn't have much, but they made it happen. And you still have Stafford, who can yeah. make guys who's he can make guys who's okay. He can make them good. Yeah, I mean, we don't have so, that defense like Philly. I don't know if we can build that defense like Philly in a year, but yeah, that's maybe, gonna be hard. It's gonna be very hard. But but the thing is, I think they can be competitive. Next year, if they, if they do it right, okay. So yeah, as, like, far, as far as competitive, wide receiver though, as far as competitive, like, no, no, no. As far as competitive, what do you mean? Like a division title competitive, or could be could seven be. and nine, eight and eight competitive? No, like like uh like like the Jim Caldwell area competitive is what I mean. So like playoffs, playoffs exactly could be if they do it right, because you gotta look at it this way. You have the 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 main foundation pieces is there, like your offensive line that's there. You have a tight end. He's there. You have a running back. He's there. Um, now, if you go to the defense, your your secondary minus a, sh- a strong safety is there. And you can just plug in an average strong safety, and you'll be okay secondary-wise. Now, the big question is how you fix that front, that front seven. Mm. Now, yeah. if you could plug in in a, if you could plug in one, like say if we get Par- uh, Parsons, I'm not saying he's going to be a, a one-guy fix, but he's a start. Yeah, get him in there, and then they, you can add some free agents in there. But then next year, you use that first round pick, add another guy, get, get an interior lineman. Now you have two solid pieces, and that's so it just how 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 they go about it. But then Stafford's on his contract here at that point. They, they, he's on his contract here at that point. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Like, do you extend Stafford at that point? Do you like? Uh, I I don't know. Write write him out that because he has two years left, right? Yeah. So I, I think after next year, write him out, see how, what he does. I don't think Stafford's going to be the guy who's going to say, I'm going to sit if you let you guys pay me. This is my yeah. thing with Stafford. I don't think he wants to go through another rebuild. That's just me, though. Does, well, he, gotta, want, gotta, does he want to waste we, another season? Like, he's going to be 33 next year. He doesn't have time for that later. Let's just let's just compete. He wants to win, man. He's 33 years old. He'll be 33 next year. I, I think he has a mindset of wanting to win here more than I wanted to win because he got a bid bounce. Stafford could have been bounced. He could have bounced, but when he when he last gave was his extension last time, he could have bounced. I think where he knows he is his right talent, now, right? But where he is right now at this stage of his career, I think I don't think he wants to go through a rebuild. I personally don't know. Like I'm just speculating here, but I I mean, if you're 30, would you want to go through another rebuild? If you're you 30 what, 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 what are you considering a rebuild? A rebuild is a complete tear down and start everything up. That's what you're I'm doing on saying, defense, basically, aren't you? And your three wide receivers are free no, agents. Because your whole secondary is still there. Are you, only have Amani, you only have Amani and Akuda and Walker. That's three guys. Who else is there? The, the, I know, but you could, well, you, you're talking about backups? 
You need backups. You need depth. Even at yes. linebacker, yeah. say say you get rid of everybody. You still that's, need depth. That's, that's what you need to. That's what that's what you re, That's what you're rebuilding in your front seven. Everything else is guys you could just plug and play guys. Like plug guy, you can plug guys in the free agency. You don't. You gonna spend money on a what top backup for a corner? They this have the corners. Go. You want receivers? You have no. You said sign average guys. What if Hot goes down? What do you do? You're screwed. What if Swift goes down? You're screwed. Basically, I mean, you, you don't, do they still have Hunter Bryant? Is he under contract? Yeah. What I'm saying is that they 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 have weapons. I mean, the the main pieces are there right now. No, they're not. Talking, they have no receivers next about... year. They have one running back. Could you could you rely on Carry on Johnson? No. Agent so Peterson is likely I, gone. I, 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 could, I could I could rely on Swift, but it all depends on who they're bringing in the off season. You don't have to spend big money on backup players, bro. You don't need, we're not. We don't need back. We need starters. Yeah, we need well, starters right now. Who is well, our seven that's going into? All right, next all right. The only starters, the only starters, the only, the only starters we need is our front seven and a wide receiver. A wide receiver. You don't need two big name wide okay. receivers. Okay, but you're building a whole front seven, a whole yeah. front seven. Yeah, you don't have and, and one again, guy. And again, I, I don't think I don't think that's going to be a, a a one or two day fix. For seven, that's what I said. If this draft goes the way they they that they want, that if it works, if this draft works, if they go the first three picks on their front seven, those first three picks could be potential starters. And also with Cephas, I don't even know if he'll be ready to start next year. He hasn't shown much this year. Like he's 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 had like one deep, couple passes caught deep, but other than that, he just hasn't. His I mean, hands sometimes, been reliable. So, sometimes um, you gotta be. Sometimes you gotta just get thrown in there and see what, how you do. Not, not, not though. If you think you could be competitive, I you're mean, basically talking about a rebuild I, then. Yeah, no, I, no, no, no. I think I'll give, I think, it to you guys. I'll give it to you guys. You guys are optimistic about it. I don't mean Pierre don't see this future. I'm not. I, I don't. I don't think you can convince me. I don't think I can convince you. I, it's just I don't see it. And I and you you could see it. Maybe you see something. I don't see it. I don't see how this works. I, I think this is something we need to look at reality and stop trying to fight through this mediocrity. This is me. I'm not speaking for everybody. I'm speaking for myself. Mediocrity is just, that's what I see if we continue with this trend. I think it's time to just blow this up and start new, start fresh, because we're just going to keep this 8-8, eight and 6-10, eight, and 10, false hope every single year, and I'm just sick of that shit. I want to start brand new. I don't think we could fix this whole defense in one year. This is historically one of the worst defenses I've ever seen on paper, on the field, anywhere. This is an awful defense, and we don't have more than one or two guys where I'm looking at this guy's a cornerstone piece for the next future. Even the guys you mentioned, Amani O'Rourke and Jeff Akuda, those guys are guys who could be part of the future. But what have they like really shown you to be a cornerstone piece? And I know you're going to bring back the argument of the number three pick and how we like Jeff Number Akuda. three overall pick. Okay, you better, better be, better be a cornerstone goddamn pick. But what pick. I'm saying is, what have you seen? We haven't seen shit from yeah, I haven't seen, I haven't seen Diddley squat for him, but I'm giving him the better for doubt. And this and is then, a guy who y'all wanted. This is every. This is the. This is the fan. Everybody wanted this guy. What I'm saying is, and Imani Arwari, like, yeah, he's been good, but like, is this guy gonna change your franchise? No, he's I not mean, gonna your defense overnight. You need help. I mean, but if, if if he's a if he's a, a second corner, if he's a number two corner, I think he's a higher number two corner. Okay. I'm expecting Jeff Fakula. I'm expecting y'all boy Jeff Fakula to surpass him. So you have one guy that is proven on the field right now. So, okay, I said that with a straight face. I'm sorry. Okay, 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 okay. Okay. So let me make this straight. We have one guy right now who's proven, and the most he has proven so far is to be a high end corner too. That is the one guy that you know. Tracy, for sure. We have Tracy Walker. Tracy Walker. Okay, he's so you have a, you have a. I think I think he's a stud. stud. I'm gonna be honest. I do think he's a. I think he's a really good safety. They just need safety. He's a mid level safety. He's a good safety. He's not a stud. He's not a game changer. He's a he good. He could be one though. I think he, he could, could be one. I think. Okay. I, th- I think. I think. I think. I think this this scheme destroyed his season this year. It destroyed his yeah. growth. Okay, this that's year. fine. Okay, he's a free safety, not a strong. I'm looking safety. at what we have and what we have seen so far. Right now, we have Amani Orori, who's a high oh, end corner too. Have we seen? And we've ha- and we've had a safety <laughs> who has shown flashes of good and bad. And we have a number three overall pick who's expect or who we think who could be good. Other than that. That's no, all we, we got right now. We can't, we can't, we can't have that mindset. We think he could be good now because when we drafted him, we said he's no, going to be a lead. We drafted him, and what what was the words that came out of everybody's mouth? Okay, okay. Dude, he I'm so high will on be elite. Hear me out. I'm, I'm high, high on him. 
I'm, I still think he's I'm gonna saying be the corner what we have seen, team. not what I said is going to happen. Because what I say doesn't mean shit. What I, mean, I say out of my going mouth. By, if we're going by what I've seen, you guys don't want to hear what I'm going to say. That's you what guys I'm don't want to hear what I'm going to say. I mean, what comes out of my lips, what comes out of your lips, and what has actually happened, that doesn't matter. What comes out of her lips don't matter. It's what we've seen. We have a high-end corner two and a solid safety. That's all you have right now. That's, mm-hmm. Just think about that in reality. That's we have all a run stuffer? Seen. We have a run stuffer? Of a mid-level run stuffer, who was a good value on the sixth round. That's what Great you got value. right now. Great yeah, value. you got you got good value for him. Okay, that's what you got for him. That's all you have right now. I mean, I mean you Parsons could... in there, bro. We get that, we get Parsons him. Had... We get him. We, 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 I think. I think. I think. I think we'll be competitive. And Parsons, he'll make. Those... He'll make. He'll make our linebacking core better. And Parson also you know has played a game since 2019. <laughs> like, you know what you, you know what Lions fans are basically doing? They're doing what they did last year. Basically, they're saying is. they're they're just they're ripping off band-aids and replacing them with band-aids, right? You want to um to build this the right way. You don't want to force it and be like, oh, we're gonna be competitive in two years. You want to be competitive for 10 years. For, the, the, for a decade. It's not that it's not that because we're seeing like we're we're seeing flashes. We're seeing that we have a Top ten offense and Lions fans believe we have a top ten offense. They do, but then they have free agents, so it's not really going to be a top ten offense if Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, and Kenny, 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 stop saying Kenny Galladay. How many? What has Kenny Galladay done to, with us this year? Not much this year, one but in prior games. years he's done a lot. He hasn't done daily no, squat. No, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. How many games have they won without Kenny Galladay? Like the offense look good, but how many games have they won without Kenny Galladay? One, two. I yeah, mean, he, he was big in the Atlanta game. I mean, he basically won that game. Him and Stafford. That was that game was huge. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he he makes he, he helps the offense and makes them better. But this is still a top ten offense without Kenny Galladay. Am I right or wrong? Like they mm-hmm. without the like Stafford put up four hundred yards without Kenny Galladay. Okay, but then Marvin Jones is huge too. What do you do with Marvin Jones? Marvin Jones is he is huge, but guys are he they're not like Marvin Jones is not a top ten court receiver. I don't think he's a top twenty receiver. Is it? No. I'm, okay, so who do you replace? Like, who do you get? Replace then? Who's your wide receiver? Anybody. Who, who I, I was, la- last year. I, last year, I was saying you could get Robbie Anderson. That's an easy replacement. Yeah. Well, I don't he, know. He, he, that, who, who's in the free agency market? I guarantee you, I can name twenty guys that could be a Marvin Jones replacement. There are a lot of there's a lot of receivers in the market this year. But hey, you can get anybody. Um, regardless, though, like German Austin might be a Marvin Jones replacement. Wow. <laughs> okay, like I, like I said, I like I don't think there's much convincing. You're not going to convince me and Pierre, and I'm not going to convince you. Let's just get into the next call. Yeah. Uh... And by the way, I just want to say something to listeners because someone tweeted at me. This doesn't mean I, I don't want like I'm not like a Stafford hater. I love Stafford. I think if you build the team with him, you can win. But I just don't think right now it's realistic nice. to build a contender in two years nice. with Stafford. What? Dude, you know I love Stafford. Get out of here. What are you talking about? I mean, you you text all the time. We need, we need to trade Stafford immediately. Yeah, you guys, they're lying. They are lying. No, no. Yeah, for you... the record, for the record, we're not Stafford haters. I know people. It's funny because people will be like, "Man, Malcolm, you're luckily you're not like your two co-hosts." I'm like, <laughs> like Bro, what do you not mean? a Stafford hater. I'm just like, trying like, to be realistic here. Like, it's hard to build this team. Into, yeah, but, if you want to keep, if Stafford wants to go through a rebuild, he's like, hey, go for it, whatever. But I don't, I don't think he wants to go um, in a rebuild. And uh, you also need another quarterback because are you going to pay Stafford? I mean, in two years, what is it going to be? 33, 34, 35 million, maybe even more. The market's going up for quarterbacks every year. So are, are you going to pay him that in two years when he's 35 years old, 36 years old, whatever it is? That's another question you have to 30, look at. 30, 30, he'll be 34. And I'll say yes. Why, why the hell not? I mean, that's just me, though. I, I I know that you know he's gonna be thirty. It's gonna be thirty million. It's kind of hard to build your team, but man, he does shit that quarters a lot of quarterbacks cannot do. Right, he does do that, but also there are some young quarterbacks that could potentially do that. Like they're not there right now, but they could develop into that. Who knows? That's a big, 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 big if. That, that's <laughs> how the draft works, though, man. You you gotta like if you think someone's your guy, you like look at the bill. So Josh like, why Allen. are we seeing like what ifs to the quarterbacks? But we plug in Michael Michael Parsons, he's an automatic filler. He's an automatic beast. But when we say let's fill in with Trey Lance, that's a big what if. They're all what ifs. <laughs> I, I know, but it's different because we're not replacing him with a top ten linebacker. 
That's true. Now we're not telling Parsons to uh, to replace uh, Ray Lewis. That's true. That's true. You, know, you get what I mean? So is, is, yeah, no, okay. Exactly. Is he going to be an upgrade to, to Jelani Tavai? Absolutely. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty <laughs> confident that he will be an upgrade to, to Jelani Tavai. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next call, man. <laughs> Twenty twenty has already reshaped how we work and it's almost over. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is crucial. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job sites according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there is no long term contracts. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resume on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best available offer anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions applies. Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on all the action at Online. BetOnline is going an extra mile to make sure you get every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to teams, players, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonus today and start wagering on wins, divisions, and championship features all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all their great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget, use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. What's Bill? Hey, this is a anonymous Lions fan that played to win the game. Uh, just listen to your guys' podcast wrapping up the game against the Titans. And uh, first of all, I want to say playing Stafford was the right decision to make. You do not want to have Sheila Hamm and Rod Wood making game chain, game decision on the field and telling the coaches who to play and who not to play. And um, Stafford playing, you see his interview after the game, how it, it, it gets the players behind him. Now, I was a uh, athletic director and uh, football coach for about seven years for a youth program, and it kind of reminds me, I know it's not the same, but there are similarities. One of our coaches that coaches our older group, they're having an awful season, they're undisciplined, they're getting smacked by everyone, and after they lost their last game and they're eliminated from the playoff contention, he forfeited the rest of the games without discussing it with any of the other coaches or myself, the athletic director, because they didn't have, quote-unquote, anything to play for, and he was in over his head, didn't know what he was doing, and forfeited the rest of the game, and it destroyed the program. The players lost trust in him and the rest of the organization, and the organization just went down from there. It was hard to recover from. Now, I know this isn't the same with some of my youth football at the NFL, but there are similarities if you have your head coach, your uh, starting quarterback, who's a franchise player, sitting out when he's healthy and he's able to go. Because you, it's perceived that you might not have anything else to play for. Uh, now, moving on to, the, you know, whoever they hire going forward, um, I wanted to – I know I was behind Bevel, and I just didn't want to hop on the bandwagon so soon. At least I saw three games from him. And after he's had three games, you know, he's proven himself that he deserves a shot. Uh, but whoever they hire, I hope that they're – as the GM and the head coach, they got to be player-focused and not process or program-focused. I don't know if you guys remember years ago when, you know, we've gone through coaches who were, made, who were married to, to these systems. Ron Marinelli was married to the Tampa 2 defense with Mike March as the offensive coordinator who was married to this greatest show on turf offense. And then, you know, move forward, you know, Jim Shorts is married to this wide nine defensive front. And, and even though 
And that what made it appealing for Patricia because he thought that he wanted a multiple defense. And he thought that being multiple, not being tied down to one specific front, would would gain success. And in theory, it would. But he, his whole approach and his whole process-oriented just killed the culture of the program. And now we're looking to rebuild the culture again. As we know that we had before... That was actually getting kind of good. So he agreed um, with Stafford playing. Yeah, I mean, you guys brought up the same point to me. Similar to Malcolm's point, what he told me yesterday. I understand it. I don't know. I, I still don't agree with it, but I understand. I, I, now, like, I understand your standpoint. I understand right. where coming from. Now, um, did he say he doesn't want to coach specific to a scheme? Or I don't really – what was he saying there? He doesn't want it to be like a specific – like – I think he meant like Patricia. Like he meant he he kind of brought up Patricia being multiple. Like I think he means like Patricia always running the man coverage, like the cover one. I don't. Is that is that what he was going towards? I, I guess that's what he was going. Uh, I, think, I guess that's yeah. what he was going for because like I guess like players or coaching who are married to this, this the, a scheme or um or front like how he was saying how um Marinelli. Um, yeah, Marinelli. They were doing cover two, uh, Tampa two, and um. Jim Schwartz was with the wide nine, and right. I mean, I don't know. I don't know who's getting to with that. I mean, he he was about to break down his point, but then it just cut off. But I have good yeah, news. But... He he made a part two. Oh, I just want to add something to that though, Malcolm. Uh, every yeah. coach has their scheme. I don't think um, like they're just gonna do different different things a lot. So they will run different things sometimes, but most of the time they'll run their plays and what they feel comfortable with, and they'll tell the offense, "We're gonna do this. Let's see how you can counter it." Yeah, that's just it's, most defenses right now. Like defense are scheme specific all around the league. Every team, like for example, the Colts, they run a lot of two. The Seattle Seahawks, the Atlanta three. Falcons, they run cover three. New England, Detroit, New York, Miami, they run cover one. Um, a team like Minnesota, they run a lot of zone with zone blitzing. Right. Same with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They also run some man. Same with the Ravens. So every team runs like their own scheme and um, their own zone blitzing and whatnot. So. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Let's let's see. Part two. Let's see what he kind of meant by that. Maybe he breaks it down to this one. Oh, what's new? Hey, and I'm Slime Stan. I played win the game again. I got cut off last time, but I just want to finish it real short. I don't want to take all the rest of your time. Regarding this defense, I really think the linebacking core is better than what we see. They're just horribly coached right now. We know Jamie Collins is a Pro Bowl caliber player. And then you got Reggie Ragland, who's a former first-round pick, who has shown that he still has capabilities. And even Jared Davis. I really think that with the better coaching staff, Jared Davis would be a very good contributor, a very good player in this league. He's just been haunted by a, whole court, uh, a horrible coaching staff where he, you know, he doesn't know what he's doing because they're coaching him bad. And even on that, um, that touchdown that he gave up against A.J. Brown, he was in good position. He just missed the tackle, which we've seen. But you can teach that. You can teach that to break down and, and tackle better. He has this uh, athletic ability. He has the will, the mentality. A good coach could bring that out and make a good player and a good contributor on the field. So you're looking at the linebacker core. you got a former Pro Bowl player in Collins, two former first-round picks, and then, of course, Delaney Tavai is who, who you say he is. So I think with a good coaching staff, this defense is closer than we think they are, uh, especially if uh, the younger crowd comes along next year or maybe even later this season and he proves that he's a good pass rusher. No, now you have some skills to work with. You need more depth in the secondary, obviously. You know, secondary, they, you know, cornerbacks and DBs get hurt. So you need a lot more depth there than what we think to have. Um, sorry, I'm pulling in at work here to suck here. Um, so basically, that's what I wanted to say. I don't think this defense is as far as it looks like. What are your guys' thoughts on that? Wow. Um, um that, that was funny. I mean, I'm sorry with the whole Jerry Davis thing, but not Jerry Davis, the, the July to buy. I agree with them 100% on Jerry Davis, though. Jared Davis, I agree with him 100%. And the reason why I say this is because he is correct. You can teach tackling. And the thing with Jared Davis is we've always been saying it. Man, he's always there. He's always there. You know, he he, he hustles. He has a high motor. And he's always there. Mm-hmm. But he never finishes. 
mm-hmm. never finishes the either if you set him on a, a blitz, he never finishes sack. The, 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 he never gets a sack. He never finishes. Yeah. If if there's a there's a play that he's um you know going through the gaps and to um you know try to make a tackle on the running back, you know he don't he does he doesn't finish. He doesn't he doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. So I agree with the, with Jared Davis. Okay, 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 okay. I don't want to cut you off, but what exactly could a coaching staff do to improve that? Uh, that's, tackling, on, that's on more, that's on that's on Jared tackling, Davis. That's just Jared Davis. That point, man. More tackling, more tackling drills. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know how they're doing no, no, in practice. Come on, come on man. He's he's a fourth year NFL player. I yeah. mean, this guy, and he's a first round pick. Like, how do you just? I mean, he's you like you mentioned. He does everything right. He just doesn't he's, finish. That's exactly. like, uh, but, what could a coach bring out of that? Is what I'm saying. I th- I think he was put into Detroit in a really tough situation. I think if he was at a different team, I think it would have been a lot better. Because but he came me, in Detroit, I, he came in Detroit, and uh, he was under the Terrell Austin scheme. Yeah, for one. And year. he was for one year, and he shown flashes his rookie year where we're thinking, okay, he could be a good player. But then, what happens year two? In comes Matt Patricia. And I, and I don't disagree with you know some of the positions. Maybe he's not in the right position. Like maybe like put him at the Jack more because he shows he's got some pass rush ability. But at the same time. I think it's more on the player than the coaching. Like, like you mentioned, you just mentioned he's not wrapping on tackles. He'll shoot the gap, but he can't f- finish the tackle. Like, at the end of the day, I mean, I could coach you as much as I could coach you. You got to finish at the end of the day. He's not finishing. That's on he's him. Right. He's not and finishing then, now. Yeah, he's not finishing now. But like, how does that just how does that just flip overnight? You know, it's fun. It's been four years. It's not like it's year one anymore. And then you know, you're saying, okay, it's year one. He can improve on that, whatever. Year two, you even make the excuse like, okay, let's let's wait till year three. We're going to year five next year. I mean, we can't keep baby, you know, babying this guy. This guy is a first round pick, and he's you know not making simple football plays. I mean, this is as simple as high school football, pee wee football, wrap up and tackle. He's not doing those things. That's just. At the end of the day, it's on him, not really the coaching staff, in my opinion. I, I look at it like like I look at it like Eric Ebron's type situation. And even though Eric Ebron's not having the best career, he's floating around different from team team. But you know, it's like the moment he leaves Detroit, he goes he goes to the purple. Like, he, hello, he gets he, he he's the same thing, man. Like it was in Detroit. Like he's not any much different. Like at the end of the day, like you're saying, okay, Eric Ebron by year two or by year three, maybe he can catch the ball a little bit better. Like at the end of the day, he's still dropping balls. Like he's, yeah, I he's mean, still dropping balls. He's an yeah, athletic and, guy, and just like Jared Davis. And um, Lions fans hate him. Colts fans hate him, and Steelers fans are getting annoyed of his drops right now as well. So, yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like, 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 like what I'm saying, like I feel like, what kind of good comparison was that? <laughs> It'd be like Eric Ebron made like some huge like transition to make it like a. Like a beast. Uh, I, I felt bad after I thought about it. Like, damn, man, he's still dropping balls. Like, there was a little post on Twitter that I, I put in, in in our chat room that had me laughing. I was like, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna vote on it because it was it was so messed up. They were like, the, the vote was, uh, in which quarter would Eric Ebron drop his first pass? And they said first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. And there's people <laughs> voting on this. It had like a hundred votes on there. I said, I'm not even gonna do this to this man. I'm not even gonna vote for this because. Man, just uh, I get it. He drops passes, bro. Right. And then regarding the other linebackers, Jamie Collins, I mean, he's not what he was when he was back when he was a pro bowler back then. Um, he's just not that player. You could tell he I mean he struggled against Dalvin Cook, right? Sometimes he'll be, he's up and down. So one day he'll look like an like a pro bowler, the next day he'll look like really bad. And then Reggie Ragland, he's a second round pick. He wasn't a first round pick, and he's I mean, he's just like a depth guy, so but I mean, the thing with Jamie Collins and 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 Dalvin Cook, you can't you can't put him on that assignment, man. That just that was his assignment for him to fail. He Jamie Collins, he doesn't play man. He's on a man coverage type. That's why they signed type, him. Type of his coverage. That's why they signed him. I, I know, but he's good in like he's good at jumping routes, reading quarterback's eyes and zone. You drop him back, he could he could read the quarterback's eyes and jump a route, which is cool. But if you telling him to chase down. Dalvin Cook and follow him around the goddamn field and discover one scheme. That's 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 a L waiting to happen. That's what he did no, in New England. That's what he did no, in Detroit. I, I'm just saying he's just not like. But he's at not the end of the day, that's not a cornerstone piece. He's what thirty years old. Like yeah, he's thirty years old. He's so like be all the, okay. So we mentioned Jared Davis. Same issues as Ebron, just on the different side of the ball. He's just not finishing. 
Okay, we're going to get into Jelani Tavai, lost cause. We're going to get into Reggie Ragland, nothing more than a depth guy. Jamie Collins, 30 years old, a good player, but like, how much more could you count on him? So that's your I'm linebacker for right there. I'm about to jump on. I'm about what to jump what on are we Tavai talking about train. here? I'm about to jump on the Tavai Harp train. Oh, my God. I'll, I told you, I'm already traumatized by number 51. <laughs> Let's go to the next scholar, man. So I disagree with that, just to make that clear. Basically. Yeah, I mean, we need help bad. We need help in the front seven bad. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that the only person I agreed on is I think I, I think JJ's career is not done. That that's what I mean. Like I, I think like he could, I think he could have a second part of a career if he goes to a different team with a really good coach. But like if he goes, first yeah, first start. Like if he goes to let's say if he goes to like, <sighs> yeah. think trying to think of a team. Pittsburgh three team like Pittsburgh. Seattle, San even, even, even Pittsburgh, put him next to um, you know, have him like a, that second middle linebacker next to Bush. I think they'll be. I think they'll be really good. Yes, I mean, maybe. I, I think he's a solid player at best. I don't think he's ever a superstar in this league or a star in this league yeah. or a pro player at this league. I think he. I think he has a chance to make a Pro Bowl. I'd be surprised. In 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 the right team, the right system. Yeah, I mean, because he 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 has a motor on him, man. That, that's why. That's, that's see the stuff that he has is some stuff you can't teach. The no, motor, that's not the speed. Saying. The motor, the speed, and. But he's not doing the simple motor. techniques in football. Like the fundamentals, I mean, the fundamentals I could play like right now. I'm not saying the NFL level, but like the fundamentals, like I know, <laughs> it's like yeah. he's not doing that stuff right now. Hopefully, so. the, hopefully a, a good coach get that out of him, man. I, I, I don't know. Uh, All right, let's jump to the next voicemail. Uh, voicemail. Hey guys, Jeff here. Um, didn't even. Uh, I was driving from Alabama to Michigan yesterday, so I didn't even watch the game. Um, so I don't really have any comments on that. I 46 25. I heard that there was actually a pretty close game up until about into the third quarter, midway through the third quarter, I don't know, something like that. And I heard Stafford did really good, which is which is awesome. But um really I'm calling more for the uh for the news about Braden Coombs firing today. It's it's completely I saw Pierre's post that he was fired for calling the the, the fake punt without approval uh from Daryl Bevel, which I mean I understand like you have you should have gotten approval through the head through the head coach to, to get that or to, to call that play. You, know, you should have like, hey, this is what I'm thinking. But uh, on the other hand, like Pierre said, like it should, an, an interim head coach should not have uh, authority to fire anybody, let like let alone one of the team's only bright spots in terms of coaching. So that's that. I really after the, I mean, like I said, I didn't watch the game yesterday, so I don't I don't know really how bad it looked or whatever. But I mean, after this game and now firing probably the team's only good coach. Uh, I can't imagine Barrel or Bevel's standing is too high in terms of uh, coming back in any facet, whether it's as the head coach next year or the offensive coordinator. I was pretty high on him, but after this, after how petty that is, I mean, I would have just verbally reprimanded, like, "Hey, don't do that shit again." But that's just, you know, I don't know. That's maybe that's just how I am. I don't know. Um, but like I said, I don't. I can't imagine Bevel's standing is too high in the organization after this. So that's uh, really, really disappointing. They really fucked that one up. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I get what he's saying, and if if that really happened like that, it would look really, really petty. If say it was the situation that maybe Bevel never gave the call and just said, and, and never gave the call to, to punt the ball, and maybe what's it called didn't just get the chance to just tell him that he was going to go for it. You know that that that's one situation. But when you get uh, you get an order to do something. Like, all right, we're gonna punt the ball. That's when things just gets crazy. If you just completely ignore that, you know what the leader tells you what to do, and then you take upon yourself to do what you want to do, that's a whole different ball game. That's a whole different situation. So, I mean, we we have a whole episode dedicated to it. So if you guys are interested in that, haven't listened to that, go check that one out. Yeah, we did a whole mercy pod. So go check out that one. That will have more of our explanation. Yeah, I'm not really gonna like. That. Say that yeah. something we said. Because, yeah, yeah it's, it's, there's no point in repeating it. So I mean, we have a whole episode dedicated to it, like a 20 minute episode. Go, so go check that one out. Yeah, let's just jump into that voicemail. Uh, voicemail. Hey guys, long time listener here. Love the show. Keep it up. Always good to hear the uh, the previews and the post game comments. Uh, for me this week. Really want to just touch on, you know, Tyler, your comments about Stafford. I think it's almost a loser's mentality to have a guy that's 
just going to shut him down. If he wants to play, you like you got to let him play. That's what we love about Stafford. That's what makes him uh, an elite quarterback. Part of, partly an elite quarterback in my mind is that you know he's willing to play through injuries. He's been banged up a lot in his career. He's always played through a one percent chance to make the playoffs. Is still a chance. Like like Malcolm said, they weren't you know mathematically eliminated yet. He has a chance to play. He's going to play. That's that's Stafford. That's what he does. Um, me personally, I'd rather have a guy that's willing to fight for his team and play no matter the odds, as opposed to a guy that's going to kind of scale it in for the for the year. Um, I mean, that's just the guy he is. That's how he's always been. He separated his shoulder against Cleveland and said, fuck that. Uh, I want to play. Get off me. I'm going to throw this winning touchdown, and we'll figure the rest out later. So I think Stafford, if he wants to play, you let him play. At the same time, if he makes the decision, like, hey, I don't think I should play this week. I'm not cleared. Then, you know, he shuts himself down. But at this point, 12-year veteran, he knows his body. He knows what he's willing to put on the line for the team, and he wanted to play. So... He played well. He didn't hinder the team in any way. I think if that punt goes the wrong way or maybe they have another chance, like he's going to stay in the game. That, that's just who he is. Yeah, and, and just to clarify, and I, I said it last episode too, or episode before that in our uh, when we did the Titans post game, um, I'm not doubting Stafford's toughness. I've never doubted that man's toughness. He is a tough son of a bitch. That's what he is. I mean, he is one tough son of a bitch. That's what Matthew Stafford is. I mean, he's a beast, and I respect it. You know, putting it on the line for a previously 5-8 and eight team and putting it on the line when you have a boo-boo on the ribs, you have a messed up thumb, and you're putting it on the line for your team. I have nothing respect for him, and I know the whole city of Detroit. I should, I should probably, you know, emphasize that, but majority of the city of Detroit puts a respect on Matthew Stafford's name, and he deserves it all. And I'm not putting this against Joe Bevel. I mentioned that. I'm just putting this more on ownership and the people that have stability in this franchise. And I'm not going to you know, get into this debate again because it's not worth it because we already did it. But just to you know, re-clarify my point, I just think you know, you got to make a decision here as an ownership and look at the future. This season is most likely a lost cause, even with your 1% chance. I know Daryl Bevel. I know the players not think like that, and they shouldn't think like that. But the owners need to look at the realistic view and what they are – what are we doing here? What are we actually doing here? Do we actually think we have a chance here? And I, I don't see that, and I think that's how owners should look at it too. Do we actually have a chance here? And you have your biggest investment who is already banged up. I think you have to make a serious decision of do you play him or do not – or do you play him – and um, risk him getting hurt and maybe losing on trade value if you want to go that route? Or do you risk him getting hurt and you want to build around a team again, but, you know, maybe that injury costs him, you know, like his play or something. I don't know, whatever it is. But I don't know. I think you just put him in bubble wrap, go into next year or go into the offseason and make your decision on what you want to do with Matthew Stafford, if, whether that's, you know, building around him or whether that's keeping him for a year and then giving the franchise to a new quarterback. That's my personal opinion all right let's jump into the voicemail uh voicemail hey guys uh my name is jake i called a few times now i'm just curious to see your guys reactions about the whole coon situation um my first thought is why the fuck did you hire a guy that young with that much potential just to fire him because our fucking interim head coach Goddamn, no, I'm sorry, for anybody who, who wanted Bevel to be the head coach, I think he should be canned right after this shit. That is a bullshit call that an interim head coach should not be able to make. And Rod Wood, oh, I just didn't say anything. Fuck Rod Wood, he's a fucking... <sighs> your banker and your interim head coach should not be making a goddamn decision like that. This guy, Coombs, is going to be special. Uh, all the players love him. And, I mean, and you see it on Twitter. I, uh, Jamal Aiken tweeted about it. Tony McRae tweeted about it. It's just, I don't know. And then I just, I hope Spielman and and, and Barry and whoever else they hired. I, I'm sorry, I haven't caught up on that episode that you guys talked about, so I'm not really sure on all the details that those guys are going to be doing. But it's just, this team is such a goddamn poverty. It's just unbelievable. Um. But yeah, I want to hear your guys' thoughts. Uh, what do you guys think? And do you guys think that uh, Bevel and, and Wood should have been able to make this decision? And uh, do you guys think that Sheila should have stepped in and 
Fed and I won't let the new regime handle it. Uh, yeah, thanks, guys. I'm just gonna say I didn't say it, you said it, but I definitely agree with you. Yeah, we had a whole we had a whole episode on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get, yeah just I mean. I made a I made a whole Twitter rant yeah. then too. And yeah, yeah, we mind with that. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. listen to the last episode. Uh, we shared our thoughts. I'm not going to repeat ourselves. We're not going to repeat ourselves again. So. Yeah, yeah. Just, just take a look to yeah, listen to the last episode. Um, the Mercy Podcast with Brandon Coombs, and yeah, we talked about it. Uh, and let's jump into the very last voicemail. And before I jump into the last voicemail, again, I just want to thank all the listeners for tuning in to the podcast and also the ones who participated and and leave the voicemails and, and call in they call in we have some people calling weekly and that's i think is just awesome that um they they want to call in and share their thoughts and their opinion and share their opinions on the game or what's going on i just think it's awesome and i just want to give a big thank you to everybody that that's participating and with that being said the very last voice uh voicemail What's up, fellas? It's Ty. Uh, just calling me. Uh, I don't know when this to be aired, but, you know, I just got the news. Well, the news came out today, you know, that they fired Brady Combs, you know, for calling that fake punt. I don't know if y'all going to speak on it, but, you know, I'm just going to get my thoughts on it. I understand why they did it. You can't have uh, coordinators, just people in general going rogue. Like, listening to uh, Bevel's uh, press conference, and uh, hearing, you know, his uh, his reasoning for why he told him to punt. And, you know, like I said, Stafford had just took two big hits. And he needed, you know, he needed a little time to rest. And like he said, even if he if he wanted to go for it, you know, it was four for four. He would have left Stafford on the field, left the offensive line. I mean, left, left the offense on the field and let them go for it. So I understand that. I mean, I seen something where somebody said, People are mad because he's an interim coach and, you know, this regime and people are mad around Wood. I get that. But, I mean, if we're going to change and people get mad that we didn't fire Patricia for doing dumb shit or we didn't fire Jim Conway for doing dumb shit, well, this is part of the change. I mean, be that as may, how good, you know, Coombs was, I mean, you can't do stuff like that. I seen something that said, like, would you have be mad at Mike Tomlin if he made this decision? Because we know what Mike Tomlin would have done. I know Trevor was not Mike Tomlin, but still. But that's all I got, man. Uh, just want to hear your responses, man. Another podcast, big supporters. You know, one pride, go Lions. Yeah, this is all yeah, fair. This is all, this is and all fair. Oh. yeah, and and um, th- th- he's one of the Ty, one of the guys who calls in weekly. He's an example. Um, so I want to thank Ty for calling in, man, and um. Your thoughts on this is exactly where I'm where I'm at with this. You know, I, I agree with you, and we talked about this again. We talked about this on <laughs> on the on the Mergy Pod. All right, guys, that is a wrap to this episode of the Pride Podcast. Hope you guys all enjoyed our usual voicemail Monday, and you know we'll be back here next Monday. We only got a couple more of these, so you know it's a you know, I guess a sad ending, even though we kind of want the season just to end at this point. We're just I'm ready for the offseason, honestly, at this point for the Lions. But I'm enjoying some good football around the league. So um, with that being said, we'll be back uh, with our next episode being the preview of the Lions and Tampa Bay Buccaneers game that will actually be played on Saturday, not Sunday. So Saturday, 1 o'clock on NFL Network. We've got a primetime game. So uh, stay tuned for that, and we're out for now. Peace. All right, guys. Hope you're all staying safe, and I'm out. Peace. All right, y'all. It's your boy Malcolm, and I'm out. Peace.